Hey, Mama, this is a little pre-episode recording that I actually recorded after the fact because I wanted to pop in and say Happy Mother's Day. I originally recorded this episode without realizing that it would be published right after Mother's Day. So if all goes well, it should be being released either the Monday or Tuesday after Mother's Day, which of course I just couldn't let that go by without saying a very happy Mother's Day to you. And also a little reminder to make sure to listen to the very end of this episode because I have a very exciting announcement that I can't wait to share with you. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hi there, you're listening to the Crunchy Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Rosie, traditional Catholic wife and mother, bringing you messages of hope and encouragement during these crazy times that we're in. Here we'll talk about faith, motherhood, and natural living, but also all the areas in between. I want to help you not just survive motherhood, but thrive in it. In this day and age, we have so many resources at the tip of our fingers, if only we put in the effort. I am a firm believer in personal development and always striving to put our best foot forward. Sometimes that means the more technical matters like baby wearing or sleep training, but it also refers to the most important matters such as prayer life and living out the truths of our Catholic faith. While all these resources are nice, I also know that it can be a bit overwhelming knowing where to even begin. That's why I'm here to help you find the balance between all the things that come with mom life while also living out your Catholic faith in a way that is pleasing to God and effective to the development of your soul and the souls of your children. After all, that's why we're here. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Crunchy Catholic Podcast. Today, I am doing something actually that I've never done before and possibly the first of many to come. So as busy moms, it can be difficult to, as you all know, I've been very honest that it can be difficult to squeeze time to uh, record these podcasts as much as I absolutely love, love doing them. It isn't always feasible in my current season of life, hence why they're not released as frequently as I would like. And then to make it even more complex, when people want to have an interviewer on their podcast, that essentially means now you're trying to get two different busy mamas to coordinate schedules, to not be interrupted, and to get through you know, a productive conversation. So something that I did that is a little different is I actually put out a Google form and I asked a few different moms. Well, I put it out there to a bunch of different moms and I got about four responses, which I think is perfect because we don't want to make this like a multiple episode type of thing. And the question to them was... Basically, I put it out to big families. So I o- I've always thought to myself, think of the Catholic families that are, or, you know, even non-Catholic, just any big families that are like eight or ten kids or more. And I'm just like, what? Like, what would they tell someone who is sitting and asking, like someone who has only a couple kids, like, what would be the advice? Like, I would just love to get into their mind. And the parish that I'm part of, I mean, there's several families that are, you know, would be considered pretty big, like literally 10, 12 or more kids. I myself come from a family of eight. And you know what? I don't even know why, but I absolutely should have had my mom respond to this. Maybe maybe that'll be the next episode because she probably has amazing things to say. 
But I guess I've been able to, you know, get her advice, of course, all throughout growing up. So this episode is just kind of a unique way of getting into the minds of those mothers of those bigger families and having some advice from them. And again, it doesn't just mean it has to come from a big family or it has to be advice for a big family. It's just something that I thought was kind of a unique demographic, if you will, to hone in on and get into their heads and get some tidbits from them. Basically, what would they tell to another cat? Catholic mom who is in the trenches of motherhood, if you will, like you're dealing with many little kids who are at very young ages, which is me. I have my three who are the oldest two are almost their birthdays are this month. So they're almost five and three. And then my youngest will be one in August. So I have three very little kids. And sometimes I look at other families where they have a few older ones that are kind of helping out with the younger ones some of that being my sisters and sometimes I look at those families and I'm like oh I can't wait till I get to that point it must be so easy blah 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 but you know what there's other things that come along with it then you're dealing with like teenage drama and teenage changes and dealing with extracurriculars and shuttling your kids from one event to the next whereas I don't have to deal with any of that right now so I think there are pros and cons, easy things and less easy things in all seasons of motherhood. And instead of comparing like, oh, I can't wait till I get to that point, we should really just try to make the most of what we can in our current season because my kids are never going to be this little again. And I already am so sad about how quickly they've grown to the ages that they're at. So I definitely don't want to blink and miss another moment. So this advice, I already skimmed through most of these, but some of it, it's been a while. So I'll be reading it kind of refreshing is so just from the heart and beautiful. And I'm so grateful to these moms who took the time to write these answers for us. Okay, so I'm actually going to read the exact question that I posed to these mothers. It says, if you could give advice to a mom who is struggling in the thick of motherhood and whose kids are mostly very little, what would you say? So this first mom, her name is Stephanie CB, last initials CB, and she is 46 years old. She has 10 children. Their ages range from 5 up to 23. And she says, Often the biggest struggle we face is in our own mind. Rather than treat ourselves mentally as we would someone we would give supporting advice to, we are harsh. God, however, is what matters most, and he looks on us with love and support and acceptance. So how can we not accept us and where we are? Determined to walk in grace, moment by moment, do what is most necessary. And this is where it gets hard, but ensure all your children, all, have quiet times and naps each day of at least two hours, and give yourself time to refresh spiritually and rest by taking a nap. No judgment or apologies. Mothers not resting is half of why babies get colic and carry them in carriers for their happiness and development. We are better wives and mothers when we rest. Speak kindly, speak gently, practice. Okay, I actually had to just Google this word. Oh my goodness. It's pronounced huga, but I did not think that was how it was pronounced. H-Y-G-G-E. And if you Google it, it says it is a Danish and Norwegian word that describes a mood of coziness and comfortable. Okay, so it says practice huga and tea time. Prior to each sit-down meal, set a timer and clean zones for 15 minutes. So three 15-minute cleanups a day with the children and then one more before you go to sleep. Set up a laundry system and you will be able to keep the housework at bay. Keep belongings to a minimum. Marie Kondo, home ideas and authentic Catholic minimalism is wise. And no matter what, barring your own severe illness, pray in the morning, before bedtime, and before meals. 
Read them stories before quiet time and pray a rosary after dinner each evening. At the very least, read the gospel reading of the day if you haven't attended Mass. Eat healthy and simple, protein, vegetables, and fruits, simple, healthy carbs. Limit sugar. Don't fall prey to fad diets. Reserve desserts for Sundays, holy days, and family celebrations. Drink plenty of teas and teach your children to drink water. Learn with them. Read with them. God intends for us to journey alongside them. Don't be authoritarian. Love them as God loves you. Lastly, we need friendships, sisterhood, and Catholic women to uplift, pray for, and support us. I'm praying for you. Okay, so I did share uh, what Stephanie shared with us here that I just read in a couple of groups already, and there were some people who actually got their their feathers a little ruffled by this saying that's not practical we can't take a a nap we can't do this do that you know who does she think she is well for one she does have 10 children so I think she has a little bit of credibility there uh, compared to our very few children whoever might be listening to this and you know like me I only have three and I'm reading this saying wow that is a really awesome goal to aspire to however everything with a grain of salt. So maybe napping isn't for everyone or tea time isn't for everyone or quiet time might not even be for everyone. So these tidbits of advice, take what's helpful for you and whatever's not just, it doesn't, it's no big deal. Let it, you know, water off a duck's back. So for me, I cannot take a nap in the middle of the day. It's something I've never been able to do. Even before children, my mind just doesn't shut off. But Maybe I could be better about intentionally designating like a rest time where I'm on the couch reading a book and the kids have quiet time and, you know, I'm setting that example by sitting and reading a book instead of constantly go, go, go with chores. And then I wonder why they're go, go, go with play, 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 roughhousing when I want them to maybe practice this quiet time that this mom mentioned here. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Okay, this next one is shared with us by Tara S. She has 15 children. Six are graduated, one is in high school, one in the seminary. I don't actually think I knew that. Maybe I did. Um, I know this family, so that's exciting. And then six that are currently being homeschooled. Okay, here's what she shared with us. She says, I remember when I was in the thick of it and raising all 15 at once. It was a roller coaster ride, and I don't think I've gotten off yet. (laughs) Ha ha. But anyway, I think the biggest comfort to those crazy roller coaster rides were my grandparents telling me I'm okay and sharing their stories, encouraging me, laughing with me, and crying with me. I remember one time I told my husband's grandmother I felt like I was going a bit crazy and asked if my laughter sounded crazy. I'm so sorry. She immediately laughed and said, honey, we're all a little crazy, so we might as well laugh getting there. (laughs) And she says, I love that answer, and I loved her so much for it. She will never know how much she made me feel normal and how everything will be okay. She reminded me to laugh. These little guys won't last forever, and they grow up quick, and before you know it, they're out the door. I miss her. I guess my thoughts would be to hang on to your elderly friends. Have a cup of coffee or tea with them. They understand and remind you you're not crazy. You'll be okay. And to laugh. Remember to laugh. Okay, and then actually that same mother did a follow-up message to me. She realized she wanted to add a few more things. So she shared with me one time father asked her older son, he said, you must have a healthy fear and respect for your dad. And her son looked at father square in the face and said with the most serious look, no, father, I'm afraid of my mom. (laughs) She said they all laughed, but boy, did it hit her hard. She remembered looking at her husband and crying. She said, I'm not that bad, am I? I want to be sweet and kind, but sometimes I feel like I'm the wicked witch of the West. She says, well, I think with all that said, on top of 
what she mentioned previously. We mothers have to be strong in the great task of being a mother. We hold everything in our hearts, and when we get older and see the directions our kids go, to remember to be kind to ourselves, to say and to be okay with the thought that we did the best we could without an instruction manual, and we let God take on the rest. That is so beautiful from her. Thank you, Tara, so much for sharing that with us. I just love getting into the minds of you amazing super moms with all these children. And yes, there's only so much we can do. Children are going to take the direction they are going to take. And I'm not obviously there yet, but in these little years, it's so crucial to do the very best we can. And then when they're older, at least we can know and answer to God that, like she said, we did the very best that we could. Okay, and then this next one from a beautiful Catholic mama named Katie. She is 40 years old. She has five kids, nine years old and under, and they're actually expecting their sixth. So that is a lot of kids close in age. I can't wait to hear what she has to say. She actually shared with me a link for a blog that she had written for a website. It's called Six Things I Wish I Could Say to People Commenting on My Big Family. And it says, years ago when my oldest son was two years old and I was pregnant with my second baby, a former coworker asked me what I was having. A surprise, I responded, assuming she meant the gender. We don't know yet. She smiled knowingly at me and responded, well, hopefully it's a girl and then you can be done. Caught off guard by her comment and not one to ruffle feathers, I smiled in agreement with her and walked out of her office. But her comment stuck with me and I was perplexed. Is that how it's supposed to work? I wondered. Is that how I am supposed to feel about having another baby? Years later, and now pregnant with my fifth baby, again, this was at the time of writing it, but now they're actually expecting their sixth. She says, years later, and now pregnant with my fifth, the commentary hasn't stopped. At first, I was taken aback by the comments, some loving and others not so loving, flippantly made about our big expanding family. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Despite the fact that my husband and I had organized our family planning along the lines of wait and see, as a society, we have become more used to organizing things into nice, neat boxes. So when someone wanders outside that realm, we become curious, mystified, and can often find it incomprehensible. Even something as tiny, unimportant, and totally not your business like someone else's family size, my husband and I know we're lucky. We know there are many couples out there that are aching for just one child, but just as one would never critique someone in their dearth of children, one should equally avoid criticizing another's abundance. Because while I have mostly kept my mouth closed in response to the comments I've received, you never know when I just might actually say what I'm really thinking, such as... Okay, and then Katie actually goes on to list out the six common things that she has asked, like, you know how that happens, right? You sure have your hands full. Are you going to move to a bigger house? And so on. I am actually going to link this blog article in the description because the way it is written out, it is a little easier to just actually look at it and read it. If I read it for you to listen to, it won't be as easy to understand. She did a really fantastic job on this blog article. So I'm just going to link it and you can read the rest of it. But I did at least want to read her intro because it is beautiful. Thank you, Katie, for sharing that with us. Okay, and this last one, another person of ours, I am so excited to be sharing this. This is from Emily K, age 46, eight children. The oldest is 15. And actually on that description where she explains her age and how many children, she also says, some years ago, we had four under four. 
Woo, four under four, growing to eventually seven under 10. When our eighth was born, we finally had a very helpful teenager and very responsible 12-year-old. It was almost like being a grandmother with the new baby. I thought I started late. I had my first baby at age 30 and would never reach this beautiful stage of mothering. God is so good. I just got chills reading that because that is so beautiful. Yes, 30 would maybe be considered kind of a quote unquote later start if you're a mom who is aspiring to have a very large family and here she is eight children that is so beautiful okay here's what she has to say hers was probably my favorite to read I'm so excited okay here we go it says praying the daily rosary as a family or at least with the children if your husband works late is critical I think it seals the importance of our faith and the power of prayer on a daily basis for our families so many other things can be left off to make this and the morning and night prayers happen when our fourth baby was born before our oldest was four I thought I would drown I remember just barely surviving those times I can recall so many stories moments that felt out of control and I struggled with being angry Angry at my children, my husband, myself for not being perfect, and even angry at God for blessing me much more than I felt I could handle. I had a great lack of faith in him and his plans. At the time, I didn't know how to grow that faith, but I did feel urged to pray the rosary. I kept going. Mothers keep going. As a new convert, I felt desperately alone. Then a new friendship emerged. Our God is so good. This made a huge impact on my faith and mothering and wifing. She had a sign on her wall, and now I have one also. It reads, the will of God will never take you where the grace of God will not protect you. One cannot force friendships with others, especially with other busy moms, but they can be cultivated and nurtured when God presents the opportunity. Look for women who aren't perfect, who display strength, femininity, and mothering qualities you admire. We all need examples. Only now am I learning to follow the advice of another beautiful mother to look to heaven for friendships. Seek comfort, advice, example from our true friends, the saints. Ask them for help. They will come through. Recently, Father Casimir gave a sermon on taking the long view in our lives toward heaven. Now I am still often wrestling a toddler in the vestibule, so I didn't hear it in its entirety, but I got the gist. We are forming souls for heaven, ladies. There is no more important work one could do. Make signs that remind you of this for those moments when only the current struggle or sibling fight is visible. Oh Mary, help us in our time of need. Help us when we forget to ask. Take the long view regarding raising children temporally also. What kind of adult do you want to spend the rest of your life with? Those who love their faith? Help cultivate that love now, even at age two and before. Live out the liturgical year in your home. There are so many moms showing us how to do this online these days. Do you want to have kind adult friends? Be kind even when it is hard, especially to your husband. This is the clearest example to your children of how to treat another person. Do you want them to be helpful? Be helpful to your husband and cultivate their love of helping. Modest and chaste, dress them and yourself so, and don't compromise. Much discussion of purity can come right back to modesty. Do you want to have lively discussions? Read and discuss now. Do you want them to confide in you later? Address their seemingly trivial concerns now while they are little. Finally, I want to share some advice that I'm struggling to follow consistently. Lean on your husband. 
Let him lead your family. In cases of friends and mixed marriages, this submission made such an impact in leading to conversion, united to the rosary and countless novenas, cultivate his leadership by frequently seeking his counsel. Husbands are usually more practical, especially regarding time, than us. They can often get us out of too many obligations. If we only say before committing to anything, I'll have to check with my husband. Set goals with him. Make it a habit to ask him what he wants you to accomplish for the day or for the week. This may seem irrelevant to mothering, but I promise it's critical to running a peaceful, productive home. You are not alone. Every mother struggles to be the mother God wants them to be. Pray the rosary daily together. Cultivate friendships and seek counsel of other mothers. Take the long view. Lean on your husband's leadership. Keep going. I'm praying for you. Oh my goodness. Okay. I had to just like focus on reading without tearing up there. But now that it's over, you guys, this is so, so beautiful. I think I need to just copy and paste this and like print it and share it with you all because Wow, that is so powerful and so beautiful. Thank you, Emily, so much. I don't know why I'm getting all emotional here, but oh my goodness, so many things in there that I want to comment on, but I don't really think it's even necessary. I think the beauty of it speaks for itself, and I hope you all benefited from that as much as I did. I could just, I mean, like I said, I already did read this a few weeks ago when it first came in, but now reading it again, it is just so It's so relatable and so beautiful and so encouraging. And one of the biggest things she keeps saying in here, aside from, of course, prayer, is that community and finding those friendships. And, you know, that's why I have the the Crunchy Catholic community and I have the Facebook group where, you know, I hope that friendships have been fostered in that group. And if not, you know, if you see someone commenting and you're relating to each other, feel free to reach out and spark a new friendship. I really think she is so accurate in saying that these friendships are what could potentially make or break our, you know, success in having a good Catholic motherhood. For me, I am so, so blessed to have my many sisters. We're all in it together. We get together all the time. And when we're not together in person, we are chatting through a group chat. We literally just lean on each other 110% every single day through the highs and lows. It is everything to us. And I thank my mom for having so many children. There's eight of us. We're all girls and we are closer than close. So if you don't have that, honestly, start a novena. Pray for God to send someone in your path who is going to be that friend that you can just turn to and lean on when things are good or when things are bad. And you can, you know, in return, be that friend for them as well, because I think it makes all the difference. Now, I just want to wrap this up by saying very relevant to everything I just shared as far as having, you know, good order in your home and having a good like homemaking system. I am actually going to be doing a free masterclass. It's going to be located in Facebook. So a Facebook group specifically for this masterclass called Homemaking Hurdles and How to Overcome Them. It is going to take place in, like I said, the Facebook group Monday, May 22nd through Wednesday, May 24th. So it's a three-day event, totally free. Honestly, the, the quality of what I'm offering and the digital downloads that you're going to get for free, all the stuff that I'm going to be going over is totally worth being like a paid course. It honestly is. I've I've attended many courses and done lots of research. This could so be something that someone would pay to have. But I know that a lot of moms who are looking for this type of stuff are, you know, stay-at-home moms, very likely on a limited budget, and this economy we're in is not very cheap. So I wanted to do the masterclass completely free, and I'm including downloads. It's going to be so, so awesome. So please look at the link in the description. If you're not on Facebook, I toyed with having this 
in like a different platform, but I have actually given it a try on different platforms and it just isn't the same because that's not where my people are at. Like most of my people are in my Facebook group and those who are not are the very minority. So I'm so sorry if you are that minority, but here's what I would recommend. If you are like, I so need to attend this masterclass, I would honestly, I would firstly pray about it. And if you feel that it is right to do, you can always just create a free Facebook profile. You don't even have to use your name. You don't even have to use your own photo and you can join that way. You don't have to add friends. You can literally just create a profile just to attend the masterclass. And I'm totally fine with that. Make sure you let me know like, hey, this is me. I put that my name is St. Philomena, but it's actually so-and-so. Oh, okay, gotcha, welcome in. Definitely consider doing that because I would love to have you there. And I just, I can no longer put off doing these master classes because that's what I kept doing. I kept putting them off because I was looking for the perfect solution outside of Facebook and I tried something and it just, it wasn't the same. So it's going to be in Facebook. It's going to be free. It's going to be amazing. And I hope to see you there. It is going to address all the things, meal planning, time blocking, prioritizing your schedule, where to put your to-do list, where to put your grocery shopping, where to schedule those things in, an overview of decluttering, an overview of implementing systems that work smarter, not harder in your home. Seriously, all the things. So totally free. I hope to see you there. And thank you for listening to those tidbits of amazing advice from those wonderful women. Thank you to those of you who shared, and I will chat with you all next time. God bless you. Bye.